So we are this week in this in the second week of our teaching series called Discipleship. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? So last week, we talked about growing spiritually. And over these next, well, including last week and this week, six weeks, um, we're going to talk about what we call kind of our rule of life. So there are six areas. Grow spiritually. Reach intentionally. Serve regularly. Give generously. Connect relationally. And engage cross-culturally. So grow, reach, serve, give connect and engage. So these together are um, our rule of life. Being a part of Central City and a part of the Central community is acknowledging and living into these six areas, both individually and as a whole, as a community. Um, So each of us are going to live into these areas differently, though, in different ways, in different times and places, based on where we are in our journey with in our relationship with Jesus, but also in where we live and work and all of these. But together as a community, we are committed to these practices. So if you want to read ahead on the other, after today, on the other four, you can go to centralcity.co slash life together, and you can see all six of them, and there's just like one or two sentences about each of them and how they kind of relate to our community. So I encourage you to do that if you want. Last week, we talked about growing spiritually, being on an intentional journey of growing spiritually with God in ourselves and our own prayer and scripture life and with each other, getting to know others in our community. So, and then this week, we're going to look at reaching intentionally. But I would encourage you, either as an individual or as a family, um, to consider these each week. So a lot of times we can like hear a sermon and it's really great, like we get a lot in our head and we can connect with it, but then like what do we do tomorrow or on the drive home with this? So we're going to spend a little bit of time with that. But you have um, on your chair should have been... um, along with the the songs and the outline for this morning, um, a handout, I guess, with these six areas. And I kind of made this for me, but then I made it for me and wanted to share it with all of you. As I think about what practices I'm putting into place as a part of our rule of life, I I had to write it down. You know, if we don't write it down, if we don't schedule it both daily, weekly, monthly, these practices, I can go like a whole year without doing any of these because I haven't intentionally written it down. So I'd encourage you just to think about that. How are you growing spiritually daily, weekly, monthly? What practices do you have in place to do that? Is it prayer in the morning or a prayer meeting with other people, that kind of thing? How are you reaching intentionally? What daily, weekly, monthly practices do you have in place to do that? So you'll see on that handout, you can, you know, use that as a guide if you want. I kind of broke it out. It's kind of like laid out weird. That's why there's arrows. But I broke it out. The things on the left, the, um, the grow, give, connect, I feel like those are kind of internal, inward things. I mean, we're giving money so that like for others, giving generously with our time, money, you know, resources. But they kind of, they're, to me, they seem internal, inward focused. I'm growing spiritually. I'm connecting with others kind of for my benefit, although it benefits others as well. And then on the right, I see those as more like outward focus. So we're reaching intentionally for the benefit of other people, serving regularly for the benefit of others, and engaging cross-culturally 
for the benefit of others, although all of them benefit both us and others, if that makes sense. So I have the arrows because we'll talk about grow and then reach and then serve and then give and then connect and then engage. So you can follow along. But anyways, that was just my own brain. It doesn't always make sense. So what do we mean by reach intentionally? What is reaching intentionally? Out of the six areas of our rule of life, this is really one that is all about sharing our faith. Reaching intentionally means meeting and being in relationship with people who don't already know Jesus, sharing what God has done in my life through whether words or deeds, and then inviting them also into a relationship with Jesus. Reaching intentionally is thinking about those who don't know Jesus or they might be on the margins of society and haven't connected with a community because of that. It's about pushing ourselves outside of ourselves towards those outside of our community. I will say this, reaching intentionally is not about forcing what I believe onto other people. And it's also not about growing our church. That's not the purpose of this. The purpose of reaching intentionally is about sharing my life, including my relationship with Jesus, with people who aren't in, already in my circle. Now, both of those things, people can come to believe similarly as me, and they can come to be a part of this particular community, but that's not the intention of this. As part of our rule of life, we want to be people who invite others to belong, and we want to offer the hope and transformation we have experienced with others around us. So I think, as I'm thinking through this, there are three kinds of ways that we can reach intentionally, all right? So, but we're going to get there first. Like I said, like the, the intention isn't necessarily for someone to believe exactly what I believe or to be a part of this particular community. So why do we reach intentionally? That's my first question. Because I think if we're going to do any of these, we have to ask ourselves why. If we don't have a clear vision of why we do something, it's eventually going to fade out and we're not going to do it anymore. But if we know why, and if we're reminded of why, then we can actually put it, um, it can become a part of our life. So why do we reach intentionally? God so loved the world... Yes, the world, including you and me, including your neighbor, including your mother, including your coworkers. God so loved the world, you and everyone else, that God gave God's Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. And eternal life starts the moment we meet and follow Jesus. Eternal life isn't, isn't later, but it's now. Jesus said that he came to bring life and life to the fullest, not the easy life, but the full life. And this is the gospel. God loved us so much and wanted to be with us, wanted to show us how to live fully as humans, and wanted to give us the power, the Holy Spirit, to enable us to live that full life. This life that intersects with ourselves, our own humanity. This life that intersects with other people in this world. And this life that intersects with God. So those who believe and follow Jesus, God's only son, sent to us out of love, we get to experience the fullness of life with ourselves, others, and God. So before we can talk about how 
we grow and reach and serve and give and connect and engage, we have to know why. And this is why. Because I have witnessed and experienced the love of God in my life in ways that have completely changed everything about me. And I want others to know that hope and that transformation as well. And so through these ways, through this rule of life, knowing my why, I can participate in life transformation for other people and for the whole world when I continue growing in my faith through prayer and scripture, when I give generously, when I serve, when I connect with other believers, and when I reach out and engage with people who may or may not yet know of this love that God has for us. So why should I consider, why should you consider reaching intentionally? Because God reached out to us through Jesus, and I'm hoping that that has changed your life. It's changed mine. And as a disciple of Jesus, I follow that example and desire to reach out to others just as Jesus did. So that's my why. Hopefully that was convincing enough for that to maybe someday become your why. So back to the three ways of reaching intentionally. Again, Jesus is the best example for reaching intentionally as disciples. We follow his example. So I want to look at John chapter 4. If you brought your Bible, that's great. Maybe you didn't because we all got out of the habit of that. But you might have a phone um, or something. If you want to follow along, you can do that. I will say, so everything right now is blurry in my world because I'm wearing contacts and I'm still getting used to them. So I might struggle a little bit right now. All of you are blurry. But I'm going to try and read my own notes, handwritten, and my Bible at this point. So we're going to look at John chapter 4. And this is just a couple verses after we hear about God's mission, about Jesus' mission, being God's only son sent out of love to give us life. That's John 3.16. A couple verses later, we look at John chapter 4. And I don't know why. Hopefully this connects with you, but I just felt like this was the only scripture that, that I could think of to, to share with us about reaching intentionally. So Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at a well. Jesus and, and his disciples are leaving Judea in the south to go to Galilee in the north. And in between the south and the north, there's this place called Samaria. And, you know, we hear a lot about Samaria in the Bible, and we have all these examples of Jews and Samaritans together, but this was like rivalry at its fullest. You didn't want to interact with anyone in Samaria. A lot of people would go around Samaria to get to Galilee, but the most direct route from Judea to Galilee was through Samaria. So Jesus and his disciples leaving Judea to go to Galilee. Samaria is in the middle, and ver chapter 4, verse 4 says... Now he had to go through Samaria. He had to. Now, scholars agree that this could both be geographically and theologically. So Josephus, and he was one that convinced us all that the, the most direct route to get from Judea to Galilee was through Samaria. And so it was just assumed that most people would take this route. But also... In the book of John, when John uses this phrase, had to, most of the time he's referring to God's plan. That this is how it is, this is what we have to do, because this is how God has created us, called us, 
and desires us to do. So Jesus had to go through Samaria because, as we know from the rest of his life, his desire was to do the Father's will. So this is the first, we're going to get to the first how of reaching intentionally. It's be an includer. What do I mean by includer? Well, if you have ever heard of StrengthsFinder, Gallup's uh, kind of personality tool, there is a strength called the includer, and they identify an includer as someone who expands the group so that as many people as possible can benefit from its support. An includer expands the group. They are someone who makes the circle wider. Jesus intentionally made the decision to go to a place that was not his normal, that was socially unacceptable, because he knew that his mission was, was first to the Jews, but also to the whole world. It was not limited to his people, to his community, but it was for the whole world. And so as an includer, as someone who desired to reach intentionally, he went to those who were not a part of his group and made this um, this journey a part of including the Samaritans. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. Jesus was tired, fully human. He gets tired too. That's good to know. It was about the sixth hour, so it was about noon. Verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? When this woman showed up, this is a big deal, he talked to her. Now there was, we know, as I just mentioned, there's this conflict between Jews and Samaritans, but also men and women didn't talk to each other in public, and specifically a rabbi did not talk to a woman in public. Some rabbis would go as far to not talk to their mother or sister or daughter or wife in public because of their gender. So this Samaritan woman, she's already got two strikes against her, and Jesus talks to her. Now as we relate this to our own lives, who are those outcasts? in our life? Who are the people that no one else is talking to? Who are the people or the places that everyone else avoids? Following Jesus means including and reaching intentionally towards those we wouldn't normally associate with, or those who our culture, our friends, our society says we shouldn't associate with. Maybe it's a coworker who is different. We all have those. Maybe a, an immigrant from places that we think are bad, Middle East or South America. Maybe it's the neighbor who is never a part of any of the neighborhood get-togethers. So I don't want to just put this on us individually. I want to, you know, as a church community, we're both committed to these things as individuals and as a community. As a community, as a church community, we do this by welcoming anyone who shows up. You know, we... we open our doors for worship, for any of our things. We welcome anyone who shows up. And one of the phrases about an includer is they walk across the room. 
We want to be people who walk across the room. If someone is new, we walk across the room, we introduce ourselves, and we invite them into what we're doing. We expand the circle of who we are to welcome people who aren't already here. We widen the circle. So let's keep going. We're in verse 7 now. And Jesus asks for something to drink. It says his disciples had gone into the town to buy food, which is a whole other sermon as I'm reading through this commentary. So we'll talk about that, you know, I don't know, later. But um, it says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. She knows it. She knows this is crazy that this guy is talking to her, and she's almost like, what do you want from me? But another way to reach intentionally is through hospitality. Uh, Many of us think of hospitality as inviting people into your house, which hopefully one of these days we can do again. We, like, completely remodeled our house in December 2019 because I wanted to host people in our house. And our our remodel was done March 1st. So we haven't hosted very many people in the house. Hopefully we can get back to that. I also think of hospitality as like the hospitality industry, like hotels or restaurants or event planning. Um, I also think of it as coffee on Sunday mornings. Thank you, Joe. That is, you know, the hospitality team at churches. Well, in Latin, the root word for hospitality means guest or stranger. We can think of like hostel, a place for guests to stay. We can think of host, someone who hosts people um, who aren't, you know, necessarily part of their family. And in Greek, it's about those things, about the guest or the stranger, but it's rooted in generosity and in reciprocity. And I think that's so important for us to remember that I don't have everything that I might sometimes need something from someone else, and maybe that person is a stranger. Henry Nowen wrote a book called Reaching Out, and, you know, clever title for this, this series. It was a good connection. But he wrote this book, and he says that hospitality should not be limited to its literal sense of, restri- of receiving a stranger in our house, although it is important to never forget or neglect that. He wants us to make sure that that is still important. But hospitality is also a fundamental attitude toward our fellow human being, which can be expressed in a great variety of ways. Hospitality isn't just having someone in your home, but it's also our attitude towards one another. He also suggests, and this is what I think is happening with the Samaritan woman, that hospitality is primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. It is not to change people, but to offer them a space where change can take place. And I think this is exemplified in the exchange between the woman about her relationships. So Jesus then goes on, um, you know, they're talking about this water and this living water. Jesus offers her, so he asks for hospitality from her and offers her hospitality through this living water, but he also creates an open space for transformation. So the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. And he told her, Go call your husband and come back. 
And she said, I have no husband. And he, knowing her, says, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Now, I was reading the commentary on this. I have my own, I've heard this so many times, and I've heard people talk about this woman in this context. And I'm reading this commentary, and the commentator says that Jesus does not judge her in this. There is no moral judgment coming from Jesus in this. He is stating this because he wants to, to show her that he knows all things. He knows who she is. Without judgment, this is who it is. And the commentator says, says that perhaps the woman, like Tamar in Genesis, is trapped in the custom of Leverite, I don't know how to say that, Leverite marriage, and the last male in the family maybe has refused to marry her. Maybe she's just in this cycle, in this custom, that doesn't need this moral judgment placed on her. In fact, should be thrown at the family. But anyways, that's a different sermon uh, again. I preached on that like three years ago. So, um, But this, this issue of her not having a husband doesn't concern Jesus. He's saying it as a fact. This is who she is. And I think that is huge if we're going to think about hospitality, about our fundamental attitude towards other people, that who they are, their past, what they have, what they don't have, is not the point. The point is that they can experience life transformation through Jesus wherever they are, whoever they are, and whatever their life is like. So, this also, this because Jesus knows all things and has just told this woman who she is without judgment, because that would shut the conversation down, without judgment, it opens the conversation for her to be like, oh, you know that. Maybe you'll know this too. As a prophet, maybe you can talk to me about worship, about where we're supposed to worship. And so it opens this conversation up where she is now drawing closer and closer to Jesus. So I'm not going to talk, oh wait, the very fact that Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman is showing her hospitality that she has never known. The very fact that we can talk to people, have you ever talked to someone who, does, who you know is kind of an outcast and they just kind of light up when you start talking to them? They are experiencing hospitality that maybe they have never known. So I'm not going to talk, I've talked a little bit about hospitality, but there's so much more that I could talk about, um, but we don't have all day. So if you're interested more, Henry Nouwen's book, Reaching Out, the whole second part of that book is about reaching out to others through hospitality. So I encourage you if you're interested in that. I'm also going to talk a little bit about that next week with serving regularly. So, but as a church community, again, I'm not going to put it all on you to do this individually. As a church community, we do this and this was, our, this was our mission and our goal when we started the Little Bottoms community, that it was all about hospitality. We have something to offer. The people who are coming to get what we have to offer also have something to offer. They have things to donate. They have baby clothes and baby things to donate. They want to volunteer. They want to be a part of this community as well. And so it's a mutual hospitality in this community of Little Bottoms. And we also do it through other ways with um, work with 
um, immigrant relief, providing something that we, resources that we have to people who are marginalized, who don't have access to those resources, um, other things as well. So, finally, the third way. So first, we um, can be includers, people who walk across the room, including those who aren't necessarily always included. We can um, provide hospitality in various ways um, to people. And finally, reaching out is about using our words, kind of those two ways were kind of our deeds almost. It's about using our words to, sell, to tell someone how God has changed our life and the hope that is available through Jesus Christ. So reaching intentionally is, can also be done through sharing our faith with those around us and offering them an opportunity of hope, too. Jesus is our hope. Jesus offers this woman, he offers her living water. And she doesn't really get it when they're talking about it. She's like, ooh, that means I don't have to come back here anymore. That would be awesome. She doesn't really get it at first, and he keeps the conversation going, and eventually he tells her in, um, in verse 26, he declares, I am the Messiah that you are looking for. I am the Christ who has come to save you in the world. And when we experience the goodness of God, when we come face to face with Jesus, our lives are changed. And in verse 27 through 30, um, it says this. It says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. No matter that she was a Samaritan, a woman is worse. But no one asked, what are you doing? They're learning. They're not going to ask. They're not going to question Jesus at this point. But then, leaving her water jar, because she found something so much greater, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see, a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And for this woman, she couldn't wait to share this with the rest of her neighborhood. When she came face to face with Jesus experienced his inclusion, experienced his hospitality, and, and witnessed for herself his nature of being the Messiah. She couldn't wait to share this with the rest of her neighborhood. In fact, in verse 39 through 42, it says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She said, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Now they're extending even more hospitality to him. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. That is what we want when we're reaching intentionally. I can use all the words that I have that I know, but once someone experiences Jesus for themselves and they experience that transformation, that is what we want to say. We no longer believe because of what you told us, but I've experienced it for myself and now I know that Jesus is my Savior. That is the whole point of reaching intentionally, that others can know that transformation as well. Reaching intentionally is meeting and being in relationship with people who 
don't already know Jesus, don't already have a community to be a part of. It's about sharing what God has done in my life through words and deeds, and it's about inviting them, other people, into a relationship with Jesus as well. We reach intentionally because God intentionally reached out to us through Jesus Christ, changing our lives now and forever. And we reach intentionally by being includers, by offering and accepting hospitality, and by sharing what God is doing in our lives and offering that same transformation to others. So before we leave, I want to offer you just a couple moments to think about how you maybe reach intentionally in your own lives, because I know once you get, you know, once the music starts and we get to talking with everybody, you're going to forget and you're going to walk to your car. So I just want to offer you a couple minutes of um, maybe not silence, because it hasn't really been silent in here, but of, you know, me not talking. Um, just to think about that, how, and maybe even going back to last week, how are you growing spiritually, daily, weekly, monthly? What are those practices? How are you, how can you reach intentionally daily, weekly, and monthly? So I'm just going to offer you a couple moments, think about that, and then um, we'll pray and sing and do all the things.